this is Ross Baton with Roleplaying Bubble Radio, and with me, as always, is Mr. Tom Church, and this is RPPR episode 96, Conversion Conversation. It's about That's, conversions. It is. Stuff. It is all about that. Yes. And you know what, Ross? On on this holiday season, as we're feeling the cheer and yeah. joy of the New holidays. and all that, yeah. Your announcer voice was clear and resonant. And a good addition to this podcast. I'm glad that you do it. Did you make a? Is this a New Year's resolution? Is this a new? This thing? is a Christmas gift to you. Oh, which cost me. Well, it, a part of your soul. A part of me, yes. So I hope you appreciate the gesture. Uh, all right, I guess. Uh, anyways, uh, in this episode, we are going to be talking about uh, conversions, like converting from one system to another. Uh, why do you do it? Why do you? Uh, why do you do it? How do you do it? And what do you convert? Uh, and uh, Tom's experience with that and that kind of thing. Uh, this is brought on, of course, by my own work in writing conversion guides for base raiders. Uh, because oh, did you catch that clever transition from one topic to another? Yes, uh, it was amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. You are amazing, Ross. Tom, that's not. Actually, I'm going to continue to stroke your ego like that's this. not. No, this. Oh, you're not liking this? No, it's it's not. It's not working. No, it's you. Is it me? It is you. Okay. And so yeah, so uh, I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Um, but yeah, I get got me the idea because that converting from one system into another is a very common thing in role playing games. Yes, and it is. We, so we thought we'd bring a little, and we haven't talked about it before. So I figured, hey, why not? Um, but first, we have some news announcements. Uh, first off, I'm writing the conversion guides for base raiders. <laughs> the Wild Talents guide. That's the will joke be, I yeah. just tried to throw away. The Wild Talents guide is already out. Yeah, um, and the Immune Master Minds and Savage Worlds are forthcoming. Um, the thing is though, there it's, you really, there's not much to convert to run base Raiders in another system. I mean, base Raiders is a standard superhero setting. I mean, all the major conceits and everything just mean you create bases and don't have really powerful healers or villains. I discovered you really don't need a system to make bases. Yeah, exactly. You can do it. And if you, if you run Savage Worlds or Means of Masterminds, you can run base Raiders. Uh, or wild talents. Uh, the only new systems you need are something to cover loot and power interactions, um, which are the new uh, and goal character goals, the things I, I, I added for base raiders. So uh, that's what the conversion guides will cover. But if you don't need to cover that, or you can handle that on your own, you don't need a conversion guide at all. Uh, you can just you just run it. So uh, that's sort of a heads up. And I don't know when the other two guides are going to get finished. Um, I've between holidays and my new job, which I'll talk about because uh, it is game related at great length. He it, will talk <laughs> not not great length. I <laughs> sort of do have a contract um, and my upcoming trip uh, th- and ill holiday illnesses and that kind of thing. I've been a little busy. Um, so uh, yeah, first off my new job, I'm working for pixel scopic uh, studios uh, as a contractor. Uh, they do, they're working on a video game now called Delver's Drop, which was kickstarted last year. Well, 2012, and it's a Zelda like game with roguelike elements and arcade or like physics. So like you, things have recoil and knockback and like things will slide around. Explosions will push everything around and, uh, you pick a class and it generates a dungeon. You have to go yeah. down and Ross is working for drop it. And I have it on good authority. He is the best coffee monkey they've ever hired. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tom, for your uh, photo comments there. Uh, well, was... you didn't like it when I was giving you compliments, so I thought I'd backtrack to what I normally do. Oh, I see. Because I, 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 it's I, apparently I... Ross wants consistency. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. Fair fair enough, I guess. Uh, I don't Good. Know. I'm glad we, I'm glad we had this realization. Uh, so right now for them, I am creating working on items, uh, starting on items and that kind of thing. And then I'll be working on room design too because even though it's roguelike, they generate – they have many rooms to design in it, uh, and then they randomly in which place them. players may do things. Yeah, try not to die because of the monsters. Well, that's and death traps. That is a great plan. I'm going to be channeling my inner Caleb there for all so many oh, death traps. Oh, yeah, those are some hard death traps to fill, man. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. It will be. Uh, he uh, will. He will be watching you closely and he, judging you. Uh, yeah, I will be judged. Uh, so. Uh, I, it's, uh, I'm having a lot of fun working on it. Uh, the guys at Pixelscopic are very cool. And I was on their late, on their holiday Twitch stream for a little bit playing some of the games. Um, they do live streams of the games every month to show the progress of the game. And so that's archived if you want to go to Twitch TV and see me, uh, for a little bit. Uh, and so that's cool. So that's, is, that's, a, that's cool. a bit of news. Um, I can't get into the game, what I do exactly in too much detail because, you know, NDAs are... Yeah, or- Industry yeah, and the, bang, yeah, and the Homeland Security would be on him. Yes, clearly, kickstarted games are terrorist n- national security. Uh, exactly. In uh, other things, new base raiders content. We have some new skills up. Uh, we'll have more scenarios up on the uh, AP side in the coming weeks, uh, and we will have some new short PDFs uh, that, like the first two things, will be like standalone villains that you can use. Uh, which will be like one is called the Hedge Wizard, who is a serial killer who killed magical beings to absorb, take their power. And the other one is a corrupt federal agent, Agent Grayson, who's secretly using superpower, super soldier drugs on the side. And it's kind of a fast and furious kind of guy, kind of like hate that all, guy. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, hate that guy so much. <laughs> okay, uh, he's features in an actual play scenario, so you can see both of them. Um, and so, so that's that's out there. Um, I am going to, on a trip, uh, another vacation. Uh, that's basically my Christmas present this year from a family who's going out to uh, China for uh, five weeks. Uh, my brother works there, so I can stay there free. And so I will have all the podcasting set up, so you will not miss any episodes. And I've actually recorded. Uh, the Tribes of Tokyo postmortem episode, so that will go up in mm-hmm. fe- early February. So you you won't miss anything, and there will be um, lots of actual play, including lots of new game, all new games, um, new systems. Uh, yeah. for Just this. because the man is gone does not mean your fix will not be taken care of. <laughs> yes, uh, he we, is a dealer that looks have, after his clients. Uh, among other things, I'm really excited about a Night Vale themed game that we did. Ooh, that everyone nice. everyone yes. had a lot. Of, we'll talk about this in the anecdote section. Uses uh, an absurdist surrealist system called itris by uh and everybody had a lot of fun with that I oh think. yeah and we I, total improv i created some new content for like a little radio call-in show clip that thad was in uh so that was a lot of fun i love you thad <laughs> yes uh another one we did uh a call of cthulhu game uh which yeah that one is a. Uh... That was that's a trip. <laughs> yeah, that was quite fun. Uh, I did based on Lol Cats of Cthulhu. The the yeah, I, we used the Gen Con five dollar brochure version. Um, so that's fun. And Dungeon World. Caleb's been running Dungeon World games, so we have several recorded games. That of game's that. just totes weird. Totes fun. Uh, totes my goats. And we played several sessions of that, and that was totally fun. It's very yeah. handy as a game that we don't have to continue for exactly from where we left off. Yeah. And so I liked that. And 
so we and we have some other stuff. Uh, Kale's Better Angels campaign is coming up very soon. Mm. Uh, so we will uh, see how that works out. So don't you worry, listeners. Yeah, there, there's tons of really good games coming up. I'm really excited about them. I think you will be too. Uh, and I'm working on a new Kickstarter project that will be eventually uh, I'll get up. It will be the Carcosa themed horror gumshoe RPG. The journey to the city AP sort of is a proto play test of some of the themes I'm working. on. I'm still working out the cosmology in my head and the setting. And, but I will have time in China to work on that. That's kind of a writer's workshop sort of thing. So anyways, tons of news, tons, tons of stuff, oh, just, just information, all kinds of crazy neat stuff. And uh, news, you know, you can trust. <laughs> okay. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so I wanted to get all that out of the way. So conversions, 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 conversion conversation. I will actually, uh, I will think I will be honest here. Conversions didn't come onto my radar in my gaming until one particular book came out, which I think I real I must mention, which was the Rifts conversion guide. Yeah. Which was basically it. That was only to, you know, convert games in the palladium system to each other. Including well, one from others, yeah, from two like, riffs, like two riffs, yeah, for like you know, it's like they're the Palladium Fantasy RPG, mutants, uh, ninjas and super spies, you know, Heroes Unlimited, two riffs, yeah. And uh, I got it because it essentially made all kinds of new monsters and cool shit to be player characters, really. But that was the first time, like, so like that's like that's the first time conversion ever came into my mind. Before that, I was a I was pretty much a purist. I if I bought a game system, I played that system. Uh, yeah, I, I I would have to agree. Uh, I yeah, in those very early days, like it, it was for me, it's like D and D or Palladium, and like why would you convert either one to the other? It gave you a, it gave you the perfectly good system yeah. you needed. Uh, so for me, probably the first thing I conversion wise was uh converting AD&D second edition stuff to actually third edition right which they released conversion guides pretty early on i mean the simple stuff was like chainmail gave you lowered your ac to ac6 in second AD&D but it gave you plus 4 ac in third editions oh four points either way okay well that makes sense and mm-hmm. so converting some of the dragon magazine AD&D modules into third ed equivalents was pretty yeah, fairly easy. I had several of those and I had to do that too. Yeah. And so that was sort of my <laughs> first experience doing that. And that's sort of like getting into the, why would you do that? And that's, I guess, I guess the single biggest reason is you want to convert it because you want some other game content in the system of your choice, your flavor. Mm-hmm. So, and usually that's the newest the newer ver- like the standard conversion thing the most common i would imagine would be like converting from old edition give game to new edition of game yeah which is fairly minor and i the second most is like from family of systems to other part of the family system so like from one white wolf's actually that was probably another thing we did mm-hmm. uh from one i didn't even think of that when we were talking earlier it was like from one white wolf game to another we must have done that like yeah quite a bit a- so, like, yeah, how do you get a werewolf into a vampire game and vice versa? Because, like, the gifts are going to be hard to convert. That's mm-hmm. the trick is, like, their disciplines or gifts or whatever else. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so that so the, you have that, that first one, old edition, new edition, from and then from, like, one game company's game to another similar system. So, like, Palladium to Rifts or Vampire to Werewolf or vice versa yeah. or whatever. And then there's, like totally different system into like another system, which is what you're doing now. Right. 
that, that, all, that has come about. It started, you know, from one, Palladium into GURPS. Yes, uh, GURPS fourth edition. Yeah, I should I should specify. <laughs> Not that I have anything wrong, but once again, I just the system I think is better in fourth edition. But it all came uh, that started like a few years ago. Once again, when you know I'm running a game and it's really good and everyone's you know digging it, and then we like come to the we what, come what to, system are you running? Uh, this was uh, this was still in the days of Palladium. Okay, I was so, I was a Palladium. Guy so riffs, for, Nightbane. Uh, it was uh, it was riffs. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It was it was Heroes Unlimited. Heroes Unlimited. That All was right. the primary right. game I played. Besides. Okay. But you know, we got through with this, and then the players were like, "Hey, you know what? We we want something. Like, hey, we, we like we really. If this came about, we want to do Star Wars. And at that point, I'm like, uh, because I really didn't know know about the i mean i knew of the star wars system but i never played it never read it was back in the west end the d6 version the d6 version i've so i so i got a copy yeah well actually it's one of the other players you're like hey could you run this yeah so i took it and read like what what am i uh, i'm supposed to learn another system here no 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 (laughs) I, I, i was like indignant no but and in they, hindsight, you totally should have. The, in in hindsight, no, like in the, with the, with the gift of decades of past vision, yes, I totally should have. Because I, I mean, I haven't played the Western system, but I've heard it's a lot. It's a lot better than Palladium. I, I so that was the first conversion I remember I ever did. Okay. Because all right, well, they want Star Wars. So you ran Star Wars. I had to. In, so I had to convert Star Wars into Palladium. Did you, you actually, did you just kind of make it up from whole, or how, how closely did you refer to the, the, well, the, the thing is like a lot of the, uh, the Star Wars RPG book, uh, mainly, uh, well, v- ships and stuff. It was easy. That was, I could just, yeah. Um, and I just make that SDC instead of structure. So you were using that as the source. Like, yeah. Not just like watching the movies and writing down stats or whatever. No. I mean, okay. Well, right. Some of the aliens, I of course just, it's pretty easy to, uh, convert. An alien, any alien into it. That guy's the, basically an orc. The Palladium system. Yeah. So yeah, like or the, the monk. That's like a fish guy. I'm sure there's some of those in here. Wow, and risk conversion guy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm probably gonna have to make them not 14 feet tall. See, so yeah, I'll scale that back down. And that's gonna have to mean their strength isn't gonna be able to be 66. Yeah. I can't remember any Moncal that looked like you know. Maybe the they Hulk. shouldn't. Yeah, they shouldn't have a horror factor either. Yeah. No and. But it was that that was the early stuff I did. So like, all right, guys. Like when I finally like, all right, all right, we're gonna do some Star Wars here. But if you think I was like, if you thought that I was gonna learn that whole other system, <laughs> you are sadly. I pretty much I think I said exactly like that. You are sadly mistaken. Okay. But we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a Star Wars adventure here. But we're gonna make characters in Palladium. Is that cool? And they were just so happy. I think this was before I really got much into uh, Phase World, which was kind of. Their Palladium's sp- their space opera. space opera shit with yeah. once again magic and well yeah so we did like that and they were just so happy to be in space at this point <laughs> okay so that, that that was the first time did you I actually ever... use mutants in orbit I I have the book mutants in or- mutants in orbit I did I didn't really care for it that much so you didn't use it I didn't I did not use it uh, okay. except for no I did use the uh, in- mutant insect rules which is in mutants in orbit really yeah. Really, for your Star Wars game, you ignore all the stuff about for you. You ignore all the stuff about spaceships and spaceship skills, engineering, that kind of stuff. But like insect monsters, that's what I want for this my Star high, Wars game. This was high school, Ross. <laughs> I didn't say that I was. I didn't say I was a genius. High school games are terrible. I, 
I think that should be like that. That should be like a separate entity of gaming is the high school. Days. No, we've gone over that. All right, so go on. I'm but, sorry, I keep interrupting. But no, that was the first time I ever did conversion, All and right. that was it. Was totally just like, um, well, I have two hours today. I better convert <laughs> this system into another one, or my players will be cross with me. <laughs> okay, so you just took and that, it that was, and that was just totally out of like you know, out. So you of took the, a system you didn't understand into one you did understand. They were mm-hmm. totally different to run. Mm-hmm. But somehow it ended up working yeah. because the players, I think, also did not want to learn another system at the time. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So would you say it was more like you – that's kind of what um, is the more lately been called reskinning, which is I know mm-hmm. is very popular, especially among 4th ed ed D&D players, where you basically took your system and you just put a new coat of paint on it. Basically, Would you say yeah. that? That's oh, yeah, that's totally. You didn't substantially change anything. Like, you no, it was like, still. You didn't add dark side, light side rules or anything like that. Or anything like. No, I did not. No, really. New so, yeah. So, like, um, I mean, that's a common. So, reskinning. I know, for example, people have done sci fi games in mm. fourth edition. Um, actually, yeah, that reminds me. Uh, I wrote a thing that. Um, is a fourth ed D and D thing, but it's for a post apocalyptic setting. Uh, it's called uh, City of Octagon. Mm-hmm. It's called Altered Earth. The setting's called Altered Earth. I'll put a link up on there. And so you like you're reading me, basically making a Judge Dread esque you know mega city that's re- fucking dystopian as hell. And uh, so not even just a little dystopian. Oh no, it's it's totes, totes and goats dystopian, <laughs> and. Uh, so anyway, so that's what reskinning is, and that's I think that's the first like I think that's a very common type of especially when you're especially when you're just doing it totally at the top of your head. Yeah. And so like if you're a wizard with a fireball thing, or you're a guy with a rocket launcher, you know, it uh, works the same way. If the game mechanics are the same, it's just like it looks differently. That's pretty easy to do. So, um, so when you're thinking about converting, that's like you know. Try the path of least resistance first, like. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, of course, that's not always satisfactory, especially because a Star Wars game, you really do need Jedi versus non-Jedi, light side, dark side. If you're well, right. I mean, it depends. Like, what if you want to be like we're kind of honking around in the Star Wars system, but fuck uh, it, or if you actually yeah. want like a serious Knights actually, of the Old Republic. It was actually kind of interesting. The players could not decide if they more wanted to be bounty hunters or Jedi, because they found both things really cool. Okay. So it was actually really hard for them to decide. It was fun to watch them. They're like, because you could see like almost in their head, you could hear them like, "Well, I love lightsabers and I love you know telekinetic force pushing, but I also like big giant laser cannons." <laughs> like, and really, the Jedi aren't supposed to use one. And technically, I guess bounty hunters could use stolen lightsabers, but they're not as good at it. Like, you know, there's just conflict in my head. It was fun to watch. It was really so fun to watch. Did they wind up being bounty hunters? Most ended up being Jedi. Oh, really? Yeah, just because they decided, well, and the Force gives us extra powers over other characters <laughs> we're going to run into. Okay. Which, unfortunately, the way I look at the way most players played Jedi, you would all be Sith. <laughs> yeah. You would just all be Sith. Like, but no, we're doing it for the good of the galaxy. You're evil. Yeah. You're just evil. <laughs> yeah. Torture with lightsabers probably. Like, you know, pretty like, evil. Like, you know, force pushing, uh, force pushing a group of stormtroopers and their, the Imperial officer over the 300-foot drop that leads to a reactor core. Yeah. And incinerates them. When you could have just subdued them. Well, yeah, if they were helpless, but if they were, if it was combat, I mean, killing's killing, but you know, yeah, it, it was, but like these were, it was like you can, it's, you're, it's obvious that you could overpower them. All right, all right, fair enough. 
the thing is, the thing is like it's okay. I go to see that his battle, but then afterwards they're like they showed they they were high fiving each other for taking out the squad. Like All right, that. yeah, gloating. That's. Loading's got to be dark side. You're like, you're like dude, you, you totally killed all of them. Yeah. Don't spike. Yeah, don't spike. Because I, I somehow can't imagine Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. You know, like, I can't imagine Alec Guinness in that, you know, the role in the Star Wars is going like, Luke, you totes killed those fuckers up here. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, gloating. Yeah, it does seem pretty bad. Um, so that that's kind of again a sort of a superficial thing. But I mean, now you, the the real difficulty comes in like trying to balance out things mm. in like very complex systems, very different. Well, when you're actually yeah. trying to truly convert one system to the yeah, other. Yeah, well, yeah, when you're trying to do that. So, um, and there's a couple of different things. Like you said, the most common way is just yeah, I want to run something in my favorite system. Sometimes you want to pull an element from mm-hmm. other game into your own system. Like we talked about, like AD and D second edition D and D modules into third edition modules, right. uh, or something like that. Um, or like something even totally off the wall. Like I want a sci-fi element, like a crash spaceship. Like I want a Star Wars spaceship that crashes on my D and D world, mm-hmm. and the players have to go, and they the Jedi gets out, and they're like, "Oh man, you're a weird wizard," you know, like. Like Fuck. you're wielding powers we don't understand. Yeah. So that's kind of a separate level. So, I mean, the thing is, uh, the difficulty with conversion is coming up with like with what's fair and what's in the best interest of your game. Like, um, and also the, I think for the average GM, like what is the best use of my time? Uh, how, how, how detailed do you get? Like, the thing is, whenever you convert, even when you convert like a D and D character from like one edition to the other edition, their powers change pretty rapidly. Like a second mm-hmm. edition wizard who is 18th level could do X, Y, and Z, but like a third edition wizard does yeah, pretty substantially different thing. And even a third edition to Pathfinder or Pathfinder uh, or third ed character to fourth ed, like very different characters. Yeah. Even like. One of my favorite things is like how re- if you read the D and D fiction, you know, like Forgotten Realms or whatever, mm-hmm. Greyhawk, like they always have to do some sort of big event when they're switching editions, like justify why the fuck wizards work differently, you know, like <laughs> yeah. yeah, we uh, this is different, yeah, we uh, we can multi class now and had divine magic, oh, like, yeah, what? yeah, like, oh, do this, yeah, it's, like, to please it, don't pay attention too hard, yeah, and. I love that in a sense that the fiction is bending over backwards to support new game mechanics. But on the other hand, that seems like a pain in the ass. So I don't know. What's, what, what is your central philosophy when converting? Now, after with all your great experiences. Yeah. Basically, you convert if uh, you convert when the system does not support what your story. Yeah, that's really it. That's I'm I'm down to it. Like I'm not gonna do so it. That's how why why you do it. But like what when you're actually converting, when you've decided to convert, like like now you've, you you before the end of the show, you told me you were converting palladium element like characters mm. and things into GURPS. So like when you look at a palladium character, how do you convert a 14th level cyber doc into uh and a first level cyborg well, into a GURPS that's... into GURPS character? Because the GURPS character is going to be like 500 points versus the cyber doc. Well, yeah, it's basically that way. It's that's that's why I'm really falling in love with GURPS Fourth Ed. Is yeah, it's essentially you know levels, you know, different level characters can be can be interpreted by point values. Right. That's what makes it so easy to do. But you can't just use like for the my point is is like for the Palladium thing, the Rifts thing, is you can't just like. A level one character is worth fifty points. A level two character is worth. It's 70. not. So, like again, like the level fourteen cyber doc. How do you convert a level fourteen cyber doc 
versus a level one cyborg. You know what well, I mean? Because the level well, one cyborg, because like again, the cyborg is going to be like a thousand yeah, okay, points. But just a, yeah. a cyber doc, the class, while he might be a much higher level, he's also not as powerful as an actual cyborg. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So it's essentially I more lo- I have to look at in that case I have to look at the whole character. Yeah. Not just the level. But yeah, a fight like, a first level full conversion cyborg is going to be at least triple the points of a yeah. like a fourteenth level cyber doc. Right. Because all the cyber doc is is knowledge and skills. Yes. Well, yeah, the, you know, I, or imagine going about a fifteenth level headhunter yeah. versus a level one dragon hatchling. Right. That it's it's essentially it's once again it's down to lots of powers versus lots of skills. Right. So it's I'm, I, you know, I I look at the whole character, their level, and what the basic class is, mm-hmm. and that and I just I, it's actually once I get distill it down to that, it's very easy to convert for me. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, to translate, like, the basic thing, like, oh, the dragon can fly about this high, which is this much in GURPS, and blah, blah, blah. I can see that being fairly straightforward, especially if you have real-world numbers, like, oh, he can lift 20 tons. Well, that's, like, cost us many points in GURPS. But, like, if you have player characters, like, in GURPS, those characters are supposed to, like, be able to be party members or whatever. They're supposed to be straight-up things. What happens when there's two characters who are nearly identical in one system become vastly different in a different system. Well, as once again, in, comes down to equipment. Okay. And I have, uh, I have the GURPS high tech, you know, ultra tech books. Yeah. So it's the best way to do that. If it's a, if it's a class, it's primarily skills. You balance out power mm-hmm. by, all right, now you can go shopping in the, in the ultra tech book, okay. which has ridiculous armor. Well, if he didn't have that before or whatever, like again, the cyber doc. So, I mean, for me, so I guess that's kind of like a fundamental problem with this. Is no, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it is yeah. the biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, Particularly, I mean, it's actually, I'll say it's a lot easier to do with other Palladium games. Yeah. Like the one I'm, the one I'm working on now is the After the Bomb series, which yeah. is from T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness. Yeah. And that's far easier. Yeah. Because there are, I mean, besides just the powers that animals would have, that's. Well, there are, simple. yeah, no given character, player character is going to be, have such a wild, Right. Disparity. I mean, in uh, the new book, which... I think part of the problem is just Rifts itself, because, like, mm-hmm. you can have the level well, that's, one. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, Rifts... Hobo it's, versus well, the va- the yeah, dragon there, hatchling. There's, yeah, there's Vagabond. Hobo yeah, hobo versus dragon. Yeah. Which, no, I've actually... I've, I've tried up the stats, even with the weapons. There's no comparison. Yeah. <laughs> None. Right. And it's one of, why would you be a Vagabond? Unless, unless it's for the role-playing element. Yeah. There's no reason to do that. So and particularly as the Rifts books go on. Yeah. So I guess the Rifts is kind of like a unique. Because, Rifts is a unique monster. Because it's kind of an old yeah. system, too. I mean, it is an old system. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at something that's more modern, like something like you don't see the, that kind of disparity for the most part in like Shadowrun or uh, Fourth Ed D&D. No. Well, or uh, well, Rifts is New World of Darkness. Okay. Even the main book has had that problem, but it only yeah. got worse with every supplement yeah. that went on. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, that's the thing. Is like, yeah, I think Rifts is kind of like, in a sense, a bad example to use because the, it's never been balanced in the first place. So anything you pour it into another system is still going to have that problem. Yeah, I'm, I actually kind of look at Rifts as the morbidly obese child of Palladium. <laughs> I do see one solution though for this this conundrum: the 14th level Cyberdog versus the first level Cyborg, and at least for GURPS and other systems with a lot of like you can give a lot of systems now have a lot of 
meta stats or stats mm-hmm. that represent that aren't like like uh, in eclipse phase they have moxie and stuff like that and in clip and in GURPS you you can have luck you can have super luck you can have also resolve and uh well you can well you can have a lot of resources that are like intangible qualities so you could give the cyber doc incredible contacts well network at al well i wouldn't give it well because like if he says i have five thousand credits like it's things that aren't on his character sheet that a high level character would be, mm-hmm. but would have like, so I would give him contacts. Like he would have allies everywhere. Patrons. Yeah. Patrons. I would give him luck. I would give him like some sort of moxie thing, which to, I know like, is in Palladium. There's no system for right. Allies, patrons, contacts, right? Exactly. Things that aren't represented in the original system. You can't, that, but can be represented in the system you're converting to. Mm-hmm. You do that. So like, that's how the, so give them these sort of meta qualities that aren't, that are sort of representing storytelling yeah. bonuses so like again re-rolling things or uh narrative control and, and stuff like that as a yeah besides risk all the other palladium games i've tried out yeah work very well i've tried nightbane ninjas and super well, again i think that uh, yeah. ninjas and super spies yeah. after the bomb tmnt and other strangeness all of those work pretty I spe- or especially heroes unlimited work right very well well again i think that's because of because they're palladium's they're unique more problems yeah um, I mean, I could see it, 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 it again if you're doing well. I, I mean, I could see problems with other high level games. Like, I'm not super familiar with Exalted, but I could could see trying to convert an Exalted character into well, see, GURPS. Been, I haven't tried that, but yeah, yeah there's just so many. Now, granted, there's a it's based a lot of like really like supernatural martial arts moves, which can be simulated by a lot of the advantages, but it's that players in Exalted could have so many of them. Well, it's not even so many. It's like the level of power. Like, I can literally, like, there are powers in Exalted. Like, I literally can dodge anything. Like, anything. Yeah, like, uh, the, the, like or I can the average, the yeah. average Exalted player would be well over 500 points. Right. So that, so I can see if you're going with a very great, like, and certainly, uh, uh, but... Uh, so I can see the, those kind of like tensions. If the two st- systems are very far apart, you're gonna mm-hmm. have, you're gonna have a bad time, or you could probably mm-hmm. have a bad time. So I think there is kind of a level, or you have to, you can't. I don't think a literal conversion should be the experience. Like you shouldn't like try and like, oh well, in rifts he can lift twenty tons, so he has to be able to lift twenty tons in whatever system uh, if we put him in. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't because oh well, yeah, to lift twenty yeah. tons in GURPS. It's more points than you're probably going to start with. Right. And that's not countering anything else. And is it like, is it really that important? You can lift 20 tons. Unless, you know, it's, that's, it's up to the actual Or player. two tons or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, in superhero games. So um, I think another, well, uh, have you ever converted from like one superhero system? I know obviously Heroes Unlimited sure, yeah. to uh, Means of Masterminds. That must have a problem because you have that same level thing. Because mm-hmm. Heroes Unlimited. Well, the, the big problem with that is Heroes Unlimited is level based. Yeah. And obviously Mutant Masterminds is not. Right. So But levels aren't that important in most Palladium games. Like unless you get a new power. Like a level one character in yeah, that's Palladium what, is about eighty percent as powerful well, there's as all like, the fifteen there's, characters. There's the random lists that you know they they uh, Palladium loves to do. Like if when you when you reach level four, you can roll for a random new power. Like, oh gee, thank you. Yeah. So like, my badass, you know, you know, my badass super strong guy, I'll, and then level four. Oh look, I get clock manipulation. Yay me! That's that's the go-to like shitty palladium power. Like that's that's the power encapsula- encapsulates why palladium system is so shitty because they put that in there uh-huh. and they've never taken it out. And it's 
and it's their it's their and their love of ridiculous random rolling random roll right. charts. So like, but if you were to say, so let's take systems that aren't Palladium. Let's let's just table Palladium for now because like. This I'll, is I'll do what I can. Ross. Yeah, the, the I'll do what I can. Um, let's say you're taking a character from Wild Talents and you wanted to run Immune to Mastermind. Sure. Um, like someone from Heroes of Narcadia, like, hey, Kyrop, you want to take Kyrop and put him in your Actually, music? already did. Oh, already made already, him. Wow. already made him. How'd you well, talk to me? First through. of all, okay, first I started. Because um, they're both point based systems. So. Yeah. So actually, what I did, I, I, this, and I did street level Kyrop. Yeah. So the average, and this, I'm using uh, the third edition. Second edition, uh, Mutants and Masterminds. The one before, yes, the second edition. Third edition just came out. So it's second edition yeah. I was using. And first, like, the average power level for a character in that is power level 10. Yeah. So I just started with the power level 10 point total. Right. And looked up all the things that... Uh, now, in Wild Talons, characters have 250 points. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what I gave you. Like, that's the, like, mm-hmm. what they recommend is the starting superhero. And, for, and Palladium, I mean, sorry, and... Uh, I, I can't. Well, I, I can't quit Palladium. <laughs> I can't quit you. No, uh, it's, we have electroshock. Oh, good. I will need it once we're done. We'll need a session. Thank you. No, in mutants and masterminds, power level ten gives you 150 points. All right, so, so we for, already have one disparity there: 250 yeah. versus 150. But it's a lot less points to get equal amounts of power. So I started with obviously the powers he had, which was super senses, which is really cheap. Mm-hmm. Flight, which once again not not expensive, and. Uh, just to kind of the the protection, which is their toughness power. Yeah. Then it was figuring out how much he could lift. And uh, actually what I, what I like is that wild talents, it's actually pretty close. Like, all right, if you have like a you know, body of this with this, like this, so it's about how approximates about how much you can lift. And mutants and masterminds is also very good about, well, with this level of strength, this is your maximum, you know, light load, right. heavy load. So that was easy to do. And like, that was very simple to do. And actually, I got a very near, I think, near perfect recreation of Kyrop from 150 points in mutants, mutants and masterminds from the 250 from Wild So Talents. was the strength table your, like, uh, Rosetta Stone, basically? First, of, Well, first it was the powers. First it was <laughs> okay. recreating his powers. Well, I mean, I mean, was that, like, the key to it? Like, all right, so if it costs 20 points in Wild Talents to get to this level of super strength, and it costs 10 points in... Means masterminds. That's that's my key. That's my two to one thing or whatever. Was that or did, was that in your mind or not? No, actually, it really wasn't. Okay. Well, all it was was just approximating what I could do with Kyrop and Wild Talents to yeah. what I could do in Mutants and Masterminds, and actually so the, benchmarking basically. Yeah, and their right. starting level points actually pretty well gel with each other. Mm-hmm. So I think you could like they're both mechanically yes. sounded systems. Yes, and balanced. you can also like yeah, essentially what you can buy for <laughs> two, what you can buy for two hundred fifty points in Wild Talents. Is very close to what you can buy in 150 points in in mutants and masterminds. Okay, and I was I was surprised and delighted by that. Okay, you didn't I, look up any conversion guides or anything like that. I did just, not. This was just me looking at both books. Okay, and experimenting with because I love creating characters. Just as like to, a time killer. Just yeah. And I I spent I spent a few hours one afternoon at a yeah. uh, at a Panera Bread just checking that out. I'm like, huh, that actually worked. I tried it on some other characters too. Yeah, like I tried a. Uh, Oh, what's his name? Actually, I tried Fetch one time. Uh, from Base Raiders? From Base Raiders. Okay. I tried that recently, actually. Yeah, yeah. And actually, first I did him in GURPS and Mutants and Masterminds. Yeah. Once again, gels pretty well. So the, even the Fate version? Okay. Yeah, even I, even that stuff. It, okay. 
I actually I kind of find you know a lot of the a lot of those uh, superhero systems work pretty pretty well together. Okay, so genre is important. I uh, think genre is important. Yes, very important. Um, because because um, expectations dominate well, role playing games. Like, that's, say, that's like what defines yeah, what a character actually can do. Convert, going back to GURPS, converting yes, once in, and back to Palladium. <laughs> The hardest one to do besides riffs was, <laughs> was ninjas and super spies. Yes. Which is just all about martial arts. Yeah. That, that one's harder to do because than any other system as well. Yeah. Because it, it really just is martial arts, martial arts abilities. Yeah. Which is a lot harder in a super. They're very system. specialized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you, you could, you can simulate it, but it's not mm-hmm. aimed at that. So like coming up with a tiger crane kick and a, Golden dragon flying, screaming death punch. Like, I'm thinking about that, have you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, thinking about it, like trying to do an Iron Fist type character means masterminds. Like, how do you do that? Do you like come up with a new power for each technique? Well, or do you just say like super punch and then you just scream out a different thing every time? Well, actually, uh, I'll say using masterminds, I like they have pretty much the, the template characters in the beginning. Yeah, there's a martial arts guy, and there's a martial art guy, and yeah. That, His thing is just feats, right? Like just using like different. But like, yeah, they also they also describe uh, later like in actually it's other supplements. Yeah, I, there's one. Okay, there's a one of the, one of the music masterminds books for Second Ed is uh, I think it's ex, like it's Extreme Powers or it's like their power guide. So they actually they tell you like all right, say you want to do like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon abilities with powers. Right. They give you like a big list of examples of how to do it. I gotcha. So it's you. I think you could have figured it. I think with that system, if you're familiar enough with it, you could figure out all those kind of moves on your own. Yeah, but it's just a useful guide, right? I got you. So, so genre uh, is important, uh, but not necessarily. I mean, like I think that's the other question is like um, Universal Games, obviously GURPS. There's also sure. basic role playing if you want to try that. Um, but when do you jump genres when converting? Like, what would when's a good idea? Like. I mean, for me, the classic is what I brought up earlier. Is like the Star Wars ship crashes on planet fantasy, mm-hmm. and like because uh, there there have literally been D and D modules about that premise. But uh, when what do you do when you're trying to bring in different elements, different genre elements into like other things? I mean, for fantasy, is very easy to do because like portals and magic and shit sure. like, can explain anything. And aside from the obvious high tech stuff, there's also like Cthulhu. Uh, I know there's been a D twenty Cthulhu book. I actually own it, and there's like D20 stats for Cthulhu for third ed. If you want to go kill him, the experience you get for killing him. Yeah, he's like a CR39. I mean, he's <laughs> well, whatevs. The thing about gods is that like they just have a bunch of like instant kill abilities. Like, doesn't matter how you're an epic level CR, you know, or level 70 asshole like, wizard. Like, they're just like, oh, you're in my portfolio. You die. No save. Screw you. I sent to, you know, that kind right. of thing. Your soul's mine. See you later. Yeah, basically. So anyway, um, but I mean, when is it worth it? Like, I mean, it just seems like, I mean, obviously, uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, it's, yeah, it's it was, not going okay, using Palladium. Yeah, it depends on the genres you are crossing. Yeah. What are I, good ones and what are bad ones? Okay, well, once as you said, good ones. I do think fantasy and sci-fi, sci-fi work very well together. Yeah. It's really just, it's. Dichotomy, dichotomy. Like, yeah, it's just like oh, yin yeah, and yang. Uh, essentially, that you know the you know any any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable. Half a fan fiction, basically. basically. Lord of the Rings meets Spock and yeah. Gandalf and Easy Spock. Easy to do, but others, open a bed and breakfast like, together. I think others more are harder to do. Like 
say fantasy and spies, espionage. Okay. I think that's hard. It's not impossible, but I think that's harder to do. All right. Now, do you I mean, mean I'm, ta- like, I'm talking like James Bond espionage. So do you mean that in a fantasy world, like, say, Dishonored slash Game of Thrones, Cloak and Dagger, literally Cloak and Dagger type stuff? Or do you mean like Oryx and the Born Supremacy? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, um, I mean, or like, something else like like yeah. James Bond, high tech. Yeah. High tech guy. High tech, uh, high tech espionage. Yeah. In Hogwarts. At Hogwarts. Okay. Know, which. Challenge accepted. Yeah, no. I which, by t- the way, I, I've actually a lot of people said like, well, obviously, like, like, well, guns would never work. It's technology. Why not? It's it's chemicals and moving parts. Yeah. There's like a gun is one of the most simple machines ever. Yeah. So why wouldn't it work? Yeah. Like, well, because I don't want I don't want gun I don't want muggles with guns to be able to take on every wizard. Well, I mean, I'm sure the wizards would have figure out some spell to do that if they're aware of it. But if like Mr. You know, seal team six, <laughs> a quarter mile away, you know, pops him. Cause I, I'll be honest when I was, Barrett, when I was watching uh, the deathly hollows part two. Yeah. I was thinking that the battle of Hogwarts, like, God, wouldn't it be awesome to be like, just like a sniper up in the Hogwarts <laughs> tower with a Barrett rifle. Yeah. Like no one can tell what's going on from all the chaos. Yeah. Here's like, like, like up on, it's like up on the bridge. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. Again, I'm sure there's fan fiction out there. Uh, I'm sure there is, but yeah, just the image of like wizard, like, and then their so head, I think their uh, head explodes. Okay, so right using those two as an example, I think we can see what when when two different game systems work well together and when they don't. One is when there's a clear and obvious contrast, and that means like the two like fantasy versus science fiction. So like magic versus science. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, that's a very classic sort of trope that that's a very kind of interesting clash. But then you have two things that are not obvious, like magic and sorcery and fantasy is kind of like everyone's sort of out in the open. Well, not necessarily out in the open, but it's a very like characters who are people believe than life it. and people. Yeah. Characters, magic. Is yeah. magic. If, well, people, if people can't cast it, they're usually at least. Aware well, it's also it. about good versus evil, like very clearly defined usually. And that kind of thing. Well, it's, and then espionage is everything. But that, like muddled mm-hmm. lines, muddled ambiguity, atrocity in the name of good. But is it good or yeah. is it just the actually, status quo? Uh, like, so yeah. a friend of mine actually said he, we were watching, um, we, we were watching Black Hawk Down. Yeah, and he hated it because there was no clear villain. Right. It was all just. It was just black. It was gray. All gray. Right. And it's you know because he's a fan of fantasy. That's why he like I think he likes orcs so much as protagonist as antagonist because no one gives a shit when you slaughter a hundred of them. Yeah. Well, now they do because you know every well everyone's got a story now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that thing like fantasy is very much is much closer to like villains that you can just slaughter without with impunity and not even think about it in the evening. Yeah. But we played some games like yeah you know like uh, Call of Cthulhu scenarios where we've had to kill people that. We didn't like that. Yeah, we're kind of there, just like, you know, we did it. But, you know. Yeah, it's like we're, we're like, I've, there's been a, I forget what it was. There was one game I, we were kind of glaring at you. Yeah, but we did so like we had to do something and we did it in the game because we it was like jobs done. Have to get another. Afterwards, we're just like, fuck you. I wish I remember too. I, I do. God, it's killing Whoa, me. What was the game? It was called Cthulhu. I know that. Okay, but I. Nothing else about the nothing. Game. I cannot for the life just of me that remember feeling that I. I just get. remember that feeling at the end. Just, yeah, you like you made us do that. Yeah, like, awesome. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, take a bow. You should. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, so in terms of converting, 
Back to the, 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 the segue. Um, so themes play a good part in what works and what you should think about converting and what shouldn't. Uh, also, a game, on a game mechanics level, fantasy games are very much about like combat and tactic. You like, you like mm-hmm. larger than life sort of fantasy combat. And like espionage systems are very much about like there's mechanically complex systems for chases and lying and like cover identity. Like mm-hmm. the thing of nice black agents with like your contact system, your, you know, covers. Mm-hmm. Um, your prep and stuff like that. Like you couldn't have preparedness in a fantasy game. Like, like, oh, I just happen to have a scimitar against demons. You know. Well, I also think when you're converting, I think because the whole point of the fantasy yeah, is that yeah. like you have your one magical item. It's not just some MacGuffin but that you a have. A successful conversion, I think. Yeah. If you're one system, the other, the system you are converting into yeah. has to have at least some kind of mention of the stuff that's in the other game. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going into from once if you're doing a fantasy game going into a system that has no magic system, yeah, yeah. If it if it, it's got to have something like your wizard goes into the spycraft, like yeah. As if you're trying to do that, like well, why, why don't we just do spies then? Why yeah. Like why do we want to, why do you want to do fantasy? If you're doing if you're doing a sliders type game, then like you need something that supports both like spycraft type stuff. And like magic, because yeah, if you go like if you take a fourth ad D and D wizard into Spycraft, there's literally no rules for like what happens when he. Well, there probably are. There's probably variants because Spycraft actually has a lot of support. But if you go into like some totally realist system with like no Phoenix magic, Command, <laughs> all right, that's a little much to like. We, well, I was throwing it out there, man. We needed something. Yeah, I know. Um, some system with no magic whatsoever. Uh, and then you like have a guy, how does the fireball affect the guy who's in the system that can't like process a fireball? Well, yeah, well, I guess it's like a grenade. Okay. Well, how about mind control? How about shape shifting them into a mouse? You know, does that affect? Like, yeah. Like, shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, Oh, a dirty world. How about that? Like you bring a wizard into a dirty world. Like, yeah, you can make him feel bad, but what happens when he starts like wrecking shit? Like you can't just like my fireball gives me plus three dice to my attacks. Like it's a little lame compared to like, I have a fucking fireball, you know, mm-hmm. or I mind control you. I literally mind control you. How does that affect your stats in a dirty world? You know? And is that even appropriate? Like, Why are you even running wizards in dirty world where like, that's totally unbalanced. Like that, that doesn't mm-hmm. fit at all. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, yeah, that's that's a good point. You want you you want some commonality. Uh, I can't think. Okay, if we're going to say fantasy, like D anD D to Star Wars, yeah, that you can do because the, in one there is an appropriation of magic in the other, yeah, and there's also stats for weapons, yeah, and exactly. Range weapons, yeah, that, like there are rules for mind con- like Jedi can mind control people. So like, mm-hmm. if a wizard does it, you can use the same rules. Yeah, you know, if he casts charm person or whatever, so that kind of works. Uh, and there's also morality system. So like, your good wizard can have light side points, and your your asshole necromancer you're, can have you're dark every, side. Your your every PC wizard, <laughs> except the ones who min max. You know, yeah, and, that's yeah. true. Yeah, uh, your paladins and your whatnot. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. Yeah, you because need, I, and you don't want bandit, you don't want wizards in auto duel. <laughs> yeah, auto duel. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I, I I had to do that. So there, there, there's your example right there. Auto duel. Of course, auto duel is GURPS, and GURPS can support everything. So you could have a GURPS. There actually is a GURPS 
auto dual conversion to riffs. I remember that. Light. I know. I, I I've heard. I haven't read it, but I've. I've All heard I, it. The only reason I know is because I remember because they actually had formulas to figure out exactly how much mega damage an auto dual vehicle would have, and because it's auto dual, it's like ridiculously complex. Like, well, you had this much ablative plating on here and on his. So this side has one hundred and eighty MDC, and this side has two hundred MDC, and the tires have five MDC, and da 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 da. And so I just I remember it's like holy. It like it left an impression on my young mind. Just like holy shit, this is fucking ridiculous i never want to play auto duel again it's catching that way isn't it, it? it is pretty catchy i'm, I'm gonna i started a thing <laughs> you did uh um, and it's only growing so yeah so those, i think i kind of um i don't know what what other things when conversions like aside from like one system to another like porting individual elements in there mm-hmm. um so yeah, big big things are pretty obvious, and but I mean again, a lot of common stuff is just like porting one individual element from another system into your adventure. I think that's like the more common thing. Like I like that. Like and it's like within the family systems, like a new like or old world of darkness to new world of darkness, or vice mm-hmm. versa. So like I like that va- that vampire NPC. He's really cool. I want to use him in my mage game. Uh, so how do you handle that? Um, for me, like, because also like the vampire is going to have crazy disciplines and weird shit that like you could either spend time like, oh, well, this vampire discipline can be represented by him having this many dots and this thing, basically making him a, a, a mage who well, drinks blood. Particularly in old world, I think, uh, world of darkness, it is pretty easy to mix and match elements. Oh, well, you can do it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Even just using, yeah, it's. Because actually, most people that play you know, World of Darkness know what celerity is. Yeah, they know what. But if he's your 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 vampire celerity is in a mage game, everything else is a mage. Everything's related to mage, and the va- and what happens is your mage is like, oh, that they don't know he's a vampire. Even like in the first, they're like, oh, that asshole is being super fast. All right, I cast counterspell to negate his magic to negate his quick spell. And Which like, would you would find out if you're if it's trying to negate a spell, like, well, nothing happens. Well, that's it. Is that fair? Like, to just say, no, is that, I mean, like... Yeah, actually, I think it is. Really? Okay. Well, it's because, like, if you, when you cast magic at him and it doesn't yeah. work, you instantly know he's not a mage. So, and... If, got, well, if but, that, there's, but there's yeah. situa- there's ways, you know, there's ways around that. Like, well, okay, like, well, if, like, all right, well, if he's not, if his super speed is not a result of magic, I bet he'll respond to my wave of fire that I shoot yeah. out of my hands. And it's, there's, because there's so many powers in, uh... All the World of Darkness games. But that's the thing is like if my character's ability is to counter magic and the guy's doing an obviously magical thing, even though it's not wizard magic, it's vampire because, well, magic. Well, actually, it's not magic. It's, vampire disciplines are not ma- technically magic. I would say, yeah, if you're doing something that's not possible in the real world, it's magic. Well, it's a different. In a broad su- field. No, it's like, supernatural. Yeah. But it's it's that's the thing. World of Darkness and why I think it really got muddled is it's there's a lot of different supernatural in this world. Yeah, but if that's the thing, I don't like like that's well. There's a way around it. Don't mix in other game systems with it. Well, okay, yeah, don't. I want to convert things. Don't. <laughs> so like that's for me. Like I think that's the thing is like if if you're running a mage game, like that's the paradigm. That's like the, the, mm. the paradigm. Um, that you're you're presenting everything. You're a wizard, and you're fighting other wizards, and and occasionally monsters, stuff like that. So like everything has to be relatable in terms of wizards, 
Like that's the premise of the game. If you suddenly start adding in vampires and the vampires are totally different and they're totally weird and they totally have these different rules, then what is the game? Then the game, you're right, becomes muddled. Is it really a game about vampires or is it a game about? Well, and there's ways to do it. Wizards, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. If you, I mean, if you're the if you're the GM and you want to say vampire disciplines are indistinguishable from spheres, yeah, then you can just go ahead. Well, and that's say, what I think you should do. It's like, but there's not much conversion needed there. That's just that's pretty much saying, all right. If I'm going to mix these two things, I say it works this way. Yeah, done. So okay. like, if you have like if. Well, that's what my my what I was saying is like. So you take this guy, you make him into a vampire or a wizard who drinks blood, and his celerity becomes quick spell that's powered by blood, and then his you know obfuscation becomes invisibility spell or telepathy mm-hmm. spell or whatever. So you like you convert him in terms of mage, in terms of the system you're already in, because otherwise. Like the one thing I, I think the the especially when you convert from one system to another within the same family of games, you don't want to do the thing where like you have to consult five fucking different books at the same time. You don't want to like have all right, the vampire is described in New World of Darkness, New York, but his powers are described in like, the oh. Vampire Clan's plot book and Vampire Book Three. Like, oh fuck you! Yeah, yeah. So like, you don't want like if you you don't want to like authenticity or accuracy. Well, I've noticed in overrated. every well, and all I'm going by New World of Darkness now. Yeah. In every book, they list basic stats for the other supernatural stuff if yeah. you want to throw them in. Yeah. So there's, there's ways to there's ways to yeah, do Yeah, New it. World Learning is a lot and better. Basi- and actually, it's, if you're the GM and you just want to say magical counterspelling can negate disciplines, then magical counterspelling can negate disciplines. Yeah. I don't think there's not so much conversion needed in that, just a knowledge of how the rules work in both systems and, and a willingness. Well, th- that's the thing. You have to think about that. It's kind of like... Say, but just to make the, okay, certain... You're, you'd have to. We'll have to work out. Okay, what counter spells will work on disciplines and what yeah. won't? I mean, you have to determine your philosophy when converting. Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to be like very semantic and like in terms of well, like using? Okay, well, in World of Darkness, semantic. I think you need to decide. All right, is this a mage game? I am running. Is yeah, this a that's vampire game? Yeah. Am I running? Yeah, um, exactly. And that's the kind of problem I think a lot of people do when they're converting games, especially they start coming up with lots of house rules and lots of exceptions and then pulling out lots of books and it just gets like, holy shit, this is really convoluted. Um, and it just gets into a mess very quickly. And then everybody quits the game because nobody cares. So, mm-hmm. and it's sad. So it is. Um, so we talked about like converting from one system to another, one addition to another. Yeah. We haven't talked about one addition to another very much. Um, that's about the only thing I think we haven't covered. Yeah. Yet. So I haven't done much of that myself. I mean, I did recently pick up uh, Mutant Masterminds Third Edition. Yeah. Which is different, but not super different. Right. And I think usually converting from one edition to another is much easier. Yeah. Because you normally it's normally a new edition still is relatable to the last edition. Not always. Not always. I didn't never always, but yeah, like most Third of the Ed three point five to Fourth Ed. That's totes different. Yes. Uh, or, and I know D and D next judging from what I know about it is going to be very different from, yeah. uh, but we don't know, but we don't have any inside information. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm willing to trade with you for money. (laughs) Clearly I'm in the pocket of big wizards of the coast and they have, uh, I'm, I'm withholding all kinds of wizards of the coast has a powerful lobby in Capitol Hill. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to play it. We'll play it when it comes out because we're, that's why we haven't played the play test yet. Cause we're gonna wait for it to finish. Mm-hmm. But from what I know, it's gonna be very different from Fourth Ed. They've really stepped back from the the 
player roles and the encounter abilities and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And whether or not that's a good idea or not, but characters from fourth ed going into D and D next are going to be very, very different. Yeah. And, and I honestly, from just from what I've seen, I don't think they convert well. No, I really don't. don't. No, just, they didn't. No, they don't. And so when you're confronted, so when you, when you, yeah. So if it's an easy conversion, like from me and mastermind, second edition, a third edition, that's great. Yeah. Great. No, there's nothing to really talk about. Just convert it. Um, but what do you do when it is significantly different for your game? Like, like say players is a pal players, a paladin, you mm-hmm. like, he has ability Y and it's really cool. And he really likes using it. New edition. He doesn't have that power or the power is at a higher level or it sucks or it has different mechanics or it uses a different stat. What, how, what is your philosophy when doing that? Like, honestly, like, I don't. I haven't done it that kind of conversion enough. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any favorite, you know, three point five character that I wanted to make it remake in fourth ed. Really, when I when confronted with that, I I actually I do bring up, does this need to be converted, or can this be converted? Well, I mean, assume you're running a game. You're running the game in next, so you either don't convert it at all and just make a new character or you convert it. So like that's, well, the- I, when I, that's, and when you're doing that, that has to be, I think a collusion between the players and the GM. Yeah. But so, uh, yeah, assuming you're the GM or you're the player, what is your philosophy? Do you like try and go and like, for example, you could do the thing where like give the player more than what he should have in order to make up for it. Let the player basically recreate the character, um, like changing everything. So like, instead of him losing, like doing the thing like I talk about in the fiction novels, like, oh, no, I lost my ability to do this, but now I can do why. So he just suddenly is a different character. Like he I mean, if you, wanna, if you want to role play out the yeah. changeover in system, then, yeah, make it some world shattering event occurs yeah. that suddenly, you know, like, like you, I, I, I just communicated with my God and things are suddenly different now. Yeah. Uh, I can use a shield better and I my healing touch now sucks and blah, 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 blah. So... Is, so that you're just kind of like let it. It's, I, if it's so different, and like if you you have you like powers that you think defined your character mm-hmm. now no longer exist. Yeah, you can attempt. I you know, you can attempt to recreate the power. Like, hey, can I just replace this power? So house rule it. House essentially house. If it's that completely different, okay, you can house rule it. If that once again that takes you know, work between the, the GM and the players to make yeah. that work and be balanced or just go, Hey dude, I'm sorry, but you know, Sir Neville, your paladin is just not going to translate into this new system. No, it's just not going to happen. Um, I, yeah, I think that's the thing, uh, too, is like certain characters are better left for certain systems. Like, uh, you know, the types of heroes that they have, like back in second edition, uh, one, strategy or rule or build for a fighter was like i specialize in darts what why well i get to use my strength bonus because it's a throwing weapon on darts and i can throw like five darts around and i have 18 strength so i get plus six damage on darts per dart so i can do 30 damage per per round dart dart (laughs) and it's just fucking insane and like in the Baldur's gates games you could have the dart fighters you're just like just like fucking machine guns yeah. with darts. But you, obviously, it's like in a, in third, well, I tell you what, I don't care if we're converting Baldur's Gate. I want the fucking guy with the hamster. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah. He better be. there. I'm just saying. I love Boo. OK. Yeah, OK. Just saying. Minsk and Boo. All right. Just just saying. OK. Fair enough. Good. Um, 
So, but in third edition, obviously that no longer worked. Right, the, the dart uh, routine no longer. Okay, going worked. for D and D, I think some cl- some classes you can translate better just by level number, yeah. like rogues. I think largely a lot of the same. Some most a lot of the same. Well, like stuff they're, they're, they did. the different weapons would work. Like mm-hmm. like oh, I can do sneak into damage with a rapier now. All right, well that's a better weapon than my dagger. Which in that case, if it's just like if it's just skills and like feet and combat abilities. Yeah. You can convert that better just saying like, well, in the time we've been off on, on our last adventure and the tr- and the system crossover, like I actually picked up the rapier and discover it's largely not too different than my dagger. All right. Uh, or I stopped dart and I use Warhammer now. You like, know? I took a head injury and I forgot <laughs> dart, but now I have hammer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think that doesn't, yeah. How their fighting tactics, uh, um, don't necessarily define or like it's like oh, come on like no darts are for pussies now yeah we all know that yeah what's in now is hammers <laughs> yeah slave to fashion oh <laughs> those fighters uh it's so like, it's like the nouveau barbarian yeah. <laughs> all right fair enough uh anything else i think i think we kind of covered it yeah the yeah. main thing is um for converting like first Common sense yeah first make sure that what you're converting makes sense yeah Two and uh, to make sure that make sure that the th- all the fundamental things you want from your the old system into the new has a I think has a link theme and is more important than literal accuracy. Mm-hmm. Like you want you want the feel of it, not the I can literally do exactly the same thing I can do right. in the other system because game systems and mechanics and probability. <sighs> It's just a, uh, it's a mess. Yeah, 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 it's a mess. So you don't want that. Um, all right. So cool. I mean, that, that that's up. been a very good conversion conversation. It has. Uh, I think we converted many problems into solutions. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Next up, Tom does not have a letter. No, because uh, he's a horrible monster. I am too. a horrible monster who has been very busy. He's been yes, very busy. And uh, but we will have shout outs and anecdotes. When we, we will. Right And we're back. We are. So hope you enjoyed that little brief musical interlude, which I've not chosen yet, but I will choose no. by the time. Is, well, I, I sh- I'm as surprised as you people are yeah. when you hear it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I uh, go to Podsafe Music and I just find songs that like, are Find big. music. Yeah. Do f- give me music. Pretty much. Pretty much. It's pretty capricious. And then you get part. the music. You're like, I control music, monkey. <laughs> okay, Mr. Oswald. Uh Anywho, let's talk about shoutouts. Uh, got a bunch this time because Steam. Steam is good to us. Steam is bad for me. It is bad for my wallet. <laughs> Have you seen that image of like, it's the, uh, it's a Photoshop of the uh, parking lot is full commercial uh, or ca- cartoon. Uh, and what it is shows this big fat guy with like steam on his head. Mm. And it's like, it's steam winter sale time. And then there's a the little kid with the <laughs> wall first. It's like, no, Steve, no. <laughs> and the big fat guy got a big like club or whatever. And it's like, yeah, your wallet takes a beating. In the scene. It's, it, yeah. Uh, because we cannot resist the siren call. No. And so I've been getting a lot of games uh, in the last couple of sales. And I've been playing them. And, uh, I just want to give a brief shout out to some of them. Uh, first off is Papa and Yo, uh, which is a very, it's sort of like 
set in South America in Puebla. And it's very, it's got a puzzle platformer kind of thing. And it's like, it, at first I thought it's like had a monsters and other childish things theme to it. And it kind of does. Cause it's like about a kid and this giant monster. And he has, the kid has to like kite the monster around to get him to go to places so he can activate further parts of the level and stuff like that. But it's the saddest game. It is, is it sad. It, it, it's, it, it actually really, it, no, I'm not even joking. Totally it, sad. It, no, it's like, it's sad. Like it's a autobiographical game about the guy who created the game's developer. And it's basically about like growing up as a child of an alcoholic. Yeah. So it's kind of like that one Jack chick track where it's the kid going out. His drunk father sends him out to beg for money. Oh, uh, it, except it's actually, it's not melody. It's just drama. It's, and it's just very, it, it's got a great soundtrack and it's very well realized. And if you like, Games that tell stories, but afterward you are, will try to take your own life. No, it's not that sad. It's just like <laughs> it makes you it makes you sad. It, it, okay, it's it's yeah, uh, and it's been very cheap on various sales. So if you want a good game that makes you think and makes you feel have the feels, uh, then Papa Neo is a good one. Um, you've got a game that's yeah, actually, uh, as of those of you who might have listened might know that I enjoy simulation games. And Jason for Christmas, yeah, got me a skyscraper simulator, yeah, which is kind of a uh, that's like you build you build a skyscraper from the excavation, yeah, up to you know final completion, yeah, and you have to manage the uh, you know vehicles and the workers through each each phase of construction. And some people may not like the uh, kind of the management and feel to it, but I do. Okay. I'm a SimCity lover, and this is. So tell me, Tom, if we were to get, if someone were to get you a copy of like some of those Euro simulating games, like Euro Trucker or the farming one. Oh God, that I you? don't, I don't know how much I would get into that. I've seen actual plays of those, mm. and it's, I mean, I enjoy sure. like I enjoy a little monotony, but that's like a special kind of monotony with some of those games. Are you sure? I'm not Wait. saying no. I'm just saying. <laughs> how about the train ones? There's one with zombies on it. Well, shit, that makes all the it's difference. It's like you have to, like, you're the conductor and you have to get people out of the zombie thing. So you Out of the zombie thing. Out of the zombie. The place with zombies. Like, they get on your train and you're like, oh, no, no, take no, us no. away. I, no, I don't. Let's keep it the zombie thing. Okay. I like that better. Yeah. So, the, like, the train one? Train simulator? Why not, Ross? Why not? Uh, are you being sarcastic? You're being sarcastic. Am I, Ross? Trains. Are you sure? Am I? Euro train. Euro train. Yeah. All right. Um, next up, uh, Mag Runner, Dark Pulse. Uh, is a puzzle game, uh, kind of like Portal, very, very Portal uh, inspired, but with a healthy dose of the Cthulhu mythos. No, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so the puzzles in this, it's a 3D FPS game, uh, and the puzzles revolve around um, kind of like a thematically magnetism. It doesn't. It's not actually magnetism because magnetism doesn't work that way in real life. But like, there are objects in there that you can turn red or green or red or blue or whatever, and like. Light color objects attract each other. Opposite color objects repel, repel each other. And so all the puzzles are based on that. So like in some puzzles, like, oh, I put a block here and then I make the pedestal that's on one color. Then I turn the block to the opposite color. That will propel the block up and I'm on the block. So I get thrown this way. Now I get to the higher platform and that kind of thing. Hmm. But then like, so at first it's very poor elastic. Oh, here you're doing these trials. You're doing this thing. And then you like literally goes Cthulhu Fatog like you hear this voice like Cthulhu Fatog 
and you're like, what? What's that? And like, golly, doctor, what's going on? And why is everyone screaming? Yeah. And then it just gets, it gets fucking balls. It just gets crazier and crazier as you're solving these. The place gets more and more chaotic. And like, apparently this big high tech testing place built over the Mariana trench was, uh, designed by a guy who spent 10 years in an insane asylum. And As you, you do. Yeah, like you think they would have a background check on the guy interested yeah. in the multi-billion As said, dollar. In Red Letter Media, I have to get a psychological evaluation when I apply for a job at Target. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's very pretty. The puzzles are very good, especially if you like Portal and puzzles. Like I use spoilers for some of the puzzles because I'm impatient and I don't want to like uh, think. Uh, most of them I got through pretty quickly. Um, the last section is literally Ryla uh, and it's very pretty. Very like very like well the art style is very good. Uh, the story is very like it's done by your Ukrainian game developer and it's a very minimalist mm. kind of story that's kind of like that makes no sense. Why do you care about the reporter lady? You literally just met her today. You you j- she's just talked to you today. <laughs> like she, and the first time you talked to her, she's like, oh why are you doing this? You're you're terrible. How can you possibly compete with all these other people in this massive contest? And like wow, lady. And then you're like, no, I have to quit. I, I love you. Her. Yeah. And you're like, what? Why, what? why do you love her? Yeah. Why do you ha- feel so compelled to rescue her? So, um, so that's. Good. I like. It. I mean, I had fun with it. It was worth the oh, playthrough. And the monster designs are beautiful. Like you, they have dark young and um, star spawn. Um, no, just straight up Cthulhu. Those are there's there's deep ones. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, next up, uh, Shadow Warrior, uh, which is the first person shooter, the 2013 version. Uh, which is a remake. Well, it's inspired by the 1997 build engine first person shooter, uh, which was kind of like Duke Nukem had a lot of dick jokes and stuff like that. And it, the new version does still have some dick jokes and stuff like that. Cause the main character's name is Lo Wang and he's an assassin. <laughs> and the first mission he's like hired to go and like buy a so a rare sword from this guy. And you know, but of course the guy doesn't want to sell and Lo Wang's fuck this. I'm just going to kill your guys, steal your sword. And then, like, magic and demons and shit start happening. Like, and then magic happens. And then magic happens. But what happens is, like, for a game that's branded as, like, immature humor, over-the-top gore, old school action. One, the, the gameplay of the combat is really fun. Like, your sword is actually really fucking badass. You can level it up. And you can, like, do some really cool stuff with it. And, like, it's our old-school arcade-type action. Like, Quake 1 you know, type stuff where you're just like hordes of enemy. You're just mowing them all down. Fuck cover and shit like that. And so like the gameplay itself is really fun. Distinct lack of waist high walls. Yeah, exactly. And, but the story itself starts becoming as you're It sort of tricks you into like, there's an actual story, an actual plot to the game. There's actual character development and good dialogue. And you're just like, by the end of you, like, holy shit. This was a lot better than it had any right to be. Like this was a good game. I was like, "Holy shit, this is a good." Yeah, it, it was. It a surprised good, you? Yeah, no, it surprised me. I mean, I got it on sale for like seventy five percent off. So it's like ten bucks. So I was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll try it." But like, it was legit good. It was pretty good. Um, and so it's if you like game with story, like one of the first, like the thing is, you have a sidekick who's a demon who can't do anything, but he can advise you, and he wants he. You both want the sword for reasons, for plot reasons. Sure. So like, you help me, I'll I'll save your life with magic, and then you know heal your wounds and teach you how to use your magic magic bullshit shit, and you'll help me get the sword, and we use the sword to kill a guy that we both hate. And you're like, all right, fine, and he's like. 
So what's your name, demon? And he's like, oh, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know if any human can. Pre- my name is unpronounceable by human tongues. It is Hoji. Oh, <gasps> uh, Hoji. Oh, oh, you can speak it. You are the ones the prophecy spoke of. Uh, what? What? What else do the prophecy say about me? That you'll believe any stupid shit I say. <laughs> uh, shut up and drive. And like, that's their relationship. They're just fucking assholes to each other at first, and it's hilarious. And it's like, it's like legitimately a good game it's not like the best game ever but it's like one of the best games of the year nice um so and so if you can get it on sale go out and get it it's for and it's first person or for a single player only uh but they just added like arcade release and they also have like a thing where if you um get the collector's edition just like a couple bucks more you can like play with the hotline miami katana with the oh pixel- god yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you just say which is what i did so yeah you're killing any of the pixelated katana which is hilarious no, uh, no, le- no letter jacket or a chicken mask, though, right? No, no. It also yeah, comes with another thing, Viscera Cleanup, uh, which is a game where you play a janitor who cleans up after other first-person shooter characters. So, like, you can go through the first level of the game and, like, pick up all the dead guys, you, the Loan killed, and, like, mop up the place. So <laughs> I haven't done that yet, but that, that looks hilarious. Um, and then you want to talk about uh well you 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 finally read a cursed which we mentioned before in the yeah, podcast yeah it's uh yeah the uh, Kickstarter I picked up yeah and uh, I've had a chance I had a chance to finally read it and yeah. I must say it's uh it's like they made a game for me that literally the first I heard of it's like I have to tell Tom about this and I am glad you did <laughs> I mean for those who've missed everything we've said about it it's a game with like kind of it's magic and flintlock weapons. Yeah. Where the players are playing monsters that were once servants of these witches but have rebelled against them. Yeah. All that you know. Yeah. But And it's like, finally, I get to see all the different kind of monsters they have available. One is so completely me that... The werewolf? The snake. The snake. The Ophidians, okay. yeah. Like wow. snake assassins. All right, that was that would have been my other choice. Exactly, it was a scaly thing. So I mean, I've I've already talked about this before. So I obviously like the system looks pretty solid. It's basically any new game mechanics worth mentioning. Yes, the one I the one that really stuck out with me is the acceptance or denial mechanic they have. Oh, a big part of the game is do you accept the monster you are mm. or do you try to reject it? Okay, and there are like that's a whole part of the game. It's it's kind of it's designed to be a campaign, obviously, yeah. and it's you like depending on your actions, you and the GM can agree that you can either start accepting your monster being a monster, which gives you you lose some abilities. Like just going in the case of the you know the snake, you start you know you lose your ability to kind of think like a warm blooded human and start thinking like a reptile, but you start getting. You know more abilities until like, yeah, there's like three levels of. By the time you level, hit level three, like level three acceptance is, like I am like I am no longer human. I totally reject that part of me, and now I am monster. And the thing is, you can you still can keep playing the game as normal. It's just well, you are like you're now irredeemably that thing, and think of yourself as that thing, or you can reject it. Like you know, you could you start losing like reptile abilities, but you start kind of being able to. Hey, I, I can actually remember how to relate to people now. I don't just look at them as <laughs> objects. Objects. All right. And to you can actually by the end by level three denial, shake off your monster form and become human again. Oh, okay. Nice. It's yeah. Both options are open, and like neither one ends the character. Right. Nice. But it's a really great role playing mechanic that it also adds a bunch of bonuses to the game too. Yeah. 
So that the that system in particular, I really like. I am looking forward to playing this and playing the game at Gen Con next year. Cool. Yeah. No. Uh, whenever you get a copy, you should run it for us. Well, I, I have. I, I think I have enough to run it now, but I need to really learn the system. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like get uh, an actual copy of the book. Like you, you've read that the PDF is what you read. It's the, they've released the PDF thus far. Yeah. The book has not yet been released. No. Uh, is the PDF even for sale? Or yeah, PDF okay. for, for sale. All right. So we'll put a link up to that. Um, what Thank I, you, Drive Through RPG. <laughs> Uh, next up, I'd like to mention Jamestown and Steam Big Picture Mode. Um, so recently, because <laughs> uh, there have been a bunch of games we've been playing on that. Because, so um, yeah, I recently got a new laptop. Um, thanks, money from these readers. And, Anytime, I'm slicing. Uh, yeah. And it's a Windows 8 laptop with HDMI out. It's a Lenovo uh, Y410P. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a, I got that one. Well, yours is, I think, the 510. Uh, mine's a well, 14. it's Lenovo. Yeah, yeah, it's Lenovo. Um, so anyways, HDMI out. So I was like, hey, I'll try Steam Big Picture Mode. So I tried it, and it's like, oh, my God, it's fun. Hey, we can plug in multiple controllers, and I have a wireless receiver for my 360 controller that I got to work finally. And uh, so we've been playing, trying out all these local co-op games, which are ridiculously fun. So and, I'm going on into the wee hours of the morning. Yes, so Jamestown is what I'll be mentioning um, because it's a bullet hell, shoot 'em up uh, shump where you're a bunch of <laughs> with a crazy ass story where you're like James jo, uh, James Smith or John Smith John yeah. Smith yeah the, from the Jamestown colony from Jamestown colony 1619 on Mars fighting the Spanish conquistador and evil Martians when you're playing I think it's supposed to be like a lazy. ship it's a ship it's an airship it's an airship with lasers Pretty as you do <laughs> as you do uh, and it's very fun it's local four player local co-op it's really fun uh, although the last level is insanely hard Krakatoa uh, so yeah that's really fun we've also done other games like uh, Castle Crashers I played that one uh, Jason and no you didn't yeah I did I played that with you. When, you you and I were the first to play it then later it was continued with Aaron. oh yeah that's right yeah you're right uh, Castle, I, I, yeah. I started the super strong night yeah you did. You put all your points in uh, strength. Uh, and Aaron took over for him. Um, the Cascade, yeah, Tom, Jason, Aaron, and I have played it various times. We found, Jason and Aaron and I actually beat it. We just like I said, into the wee hours of the yeah, morning. Yeah, I mean, wee hours of the morning. Um, and uh, what else? Monaco. Monaco is really fun. I saw that played. I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to understand what's happening here. Well, we were the same way, Tom. We just braved it. We we're like, fuck it. We'll do it live. And we did it. You need to. Uh, what else? Dive kick. Dive kick. Is I rough. played the shit. I played the shit uh, out of that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Spelunky. We tried a little of, and I just got some new games with the Steam local sale. Samurai Gun was another one. Nobody was. I was the only fan of that. Um, then what else? Uh, there, there have been other games. We were. We'll, we'll keep trying. So we'll be doing some regular videos of them sooner or later of uh, us playing local co-op games and yelling at each other. Because that's how we play. That's Yeah, no, literally, that's how we do it. And um, so Steam Big, big Picture Mode is fun, actually. It's like, yeah, you it's actually a, a lot of fun. You hook up your computer, your laptop up to a big screen TV and play computer games. It's, it's surprisingly it's so fun. It's so simple, it's easy. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um and let's see here. You want to mention that? Uh, I would like to mention one Tumblr. Uh, oh, yeah. I have an RPPR Tumblr. Oh, my God. I cannot believe it. I There's an RPPR Tumblr now, and I will put a link up to the Tumblr. Uh, that was the thing I was forgetting. 
I knew I forgot something. Yeah, we set up a Tumblr. I'm going to be posting character sheets and shit like that sporadically in other content. Uh, and you can send me questions or notes or whatever. I don't know how Tumblr really works. Um, it's a mystery. It's a mystery, even though I've been using it. Uh, so, yeah, RPBR Tumblr. Uh, reblog my shit. Um, there's a Tumblr I did find called Lol My Thesis, where people try and summarize their graduate and uh, PhD theses as quickly as possible. It's like, mm. hey, look at these zombies. Are they racist and sexist? Yes, they are. Uh, actually, I read one actually. I yeah. think I read one of those where a guy based his uh, his uh, Harvard business thesis yeah. on describing exactly what happened at the end of the movie Trading Places uh, when they're on the commodities broker floor. Yeah, no, no, no. This is just a Tumblr where people summarize well, in one well, sentence. This might have been not the, not the no, Tumblr, was, but this yeah. was. I like. I just thought. Yeah. Oh yeah, like interesting thesis papers. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, all my thesis is very funny. I'll just put a link to that. Uh, and then finally, I want to mention Shadowbound and Red Scare again because they're both complete. All episodes for both series are out, so you could watch all of Shadowbound. If you haven't watched Shadowbound or if you haven't ca- forgot about it, you can watch all of it from back from beginning to end. And Red Scare, same thing. It's it's all out there. So like, watch all of it. I've seen both of them. They're both really good. And so they're both like you know uh, an hour, two and a half hours of free entertainment, free quality. It's for, free. Yeah. And it's quality shit. Like it's it's good. free quality shit. Yeah. This is primo shit, man. Uh, and finally, I would like to mention one horror movie I saw. Resolution. It's on Netflix. Um, basically, all right. So I, I I haven't told time the plot. Um, oh, I was waiting for this. Yeah. Yes, yeah go ahead, all right. Ross. So this guy gets an email and a video message from his friend who is like a meth head basically. And and he lives in the, he's squatting in this abandoned house in the woods, in the boonies near Indian reservation. Mm. And he gets his message. The guy's just firing his gun at random things. Just totally crazy. And the guy's like, fuck it. I'm going to go out. And I'm going to try and save him one last time. And so he goes out to him. The guy's like, Oh, Hey, you have a beer. Come on, let's talk. And then like, you want to go to rehab? Nope. Want to kill myself with drugs. And all right. And then he tases him and locks him to the wall. Uh, with a pair of handcuffs and he's like what the fuck are you doing I'm going to give you seven days to get dry if you still don't want to go into rehab after that then I'll leave and that'll be the end of it and that's where it starts so you first see it's like this drama thing where the guy trying, they're talking and then the weird shit starts happening because this is out in the boonies nobody's around or like crazy people are around and like like the guy the friend who's helping the addict starts finding weird shit like the, this book with these weird photos in the basement and then like he starts finding films and like fucking weird ass shit. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? And these, these P these tweakers are like, I mean, it just gets fucking weird. It's unknown, unknown armies, primo material. Nice. And so it's just a creepy ass movie. Very original concept. Um, it's been compared to cabin in the woods. It's obviously far darker than cabin in the woods. Uh, but like it has sort of these meta narrative issues and it's, it's on Netflix, so if you have Netflix, it's just an hour and a half, so you might as well watch it. No. Speaking so, of movies, yeah, I think there's one more we were just going to briefly mention. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we don't normally do first-run movies that are still <laughs> at the theaters. Yeah, but judging from the box office reports, it, it could use our help. Yeah. 47 Ronin. Yeah. Now, yeah, this, yes, this the is Keanu the Keanu Reeves one. This is the Keanu Reeves in a Samurai movie. Yep. And we all, we went to watch it yesterday and we walked out thinking, huh, that was better than I thought it was going to be. I had no expectations going in and I was like, "Eh, 
Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. I didn't feel too strongly about it one way or the other, but I wasn't like. It wasn't. I hated you, you, it. you didn't leave it going, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, I did not. Uh, it was not a Michael Bay movie. Ugh. Or a Nuva Bowl movie. Or, a, well, he wouldn't get in theaters anymore. No, not anymore. Or a Shyamalan movie, was it? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't. It didn't, get, it didn't do that. So it had good samurai fight scenes. It had some good. It had gameable elements in it. It did. It did. Uh, like that, that, those fucking Tengu in the forest. That was great. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. So, uh, yeah, I would say, um, it, it, the thing is for a movie that's supposed to be in America, like it's based on the 47, it's on the actual lunch. It's obviously takes a lot of liberties, fuck, <laughs> liberties with it, but yeah. it ends the same way. So if you know the story of the 47 Ronin, you know, that's not exactly a Hollywood ending. No, it's not. And they, <laughs> and thank God they stuck with it. They stuck with it, but like, Wow. Why did they put As all Ross this said, money? Yeah, there's, there's other samurai movies you could do. Or tales, like legends, yeah. yeah. Like, you could do something about Mayumata Musashi. You could do, like, I don't know. There's a lot of things you could do, but, like. 47 wow. Ronin. Wow. All right. All right. Good but on we're them. saying this, like, if you go in with zero, like, we went in pretty with, with zero expectations and actually came out like, Huh. So, yeah, whenever it goes on Netflix or if you can go watch it for free, I guess it would be worth it if you like Samurai movies. Or if you have, like, a dollar theater when it gets there. Yeah, exactly. Um, or in our case, if you had gift certificates to the theater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Christmas presents. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyways, um, that's our shout-outs. Many shout-outs. So many shout-outs. We're not going to really have shout-outs in the next episode because it's a post-mortem. So, yeah. Uh, Tribes of Tokyo. So, um, let's talk about... Anecdotes. Anecdotes. Night Vale. Yep. Our welcome, our Night Vale game. Yes. So, It's Just Buy is a absurd surrealist role-playing game. It requires hats or bowls to play. Uh, well, 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 not necessarily. What it does require are cards. You use cards. That you for draw. Ta- yeah, you, you draw. draw from. And the card will say, like, can I accomplish a task? Yes, but you have to make a sacrifice. Like, or, or no, but you get something like, else. Or yes, game. and something something else awesome happens. Yeah. And then they have a set, another cards, which I forgot what they're called, but like everyone can draw one procession and they just like something random ass happens, like stand up and be interviewed in the game by like as a press conference, you just stop it and we'll just it, like that actually happened. Like Caleb mm-hmm. drew that card and I I liked it because everyone asked a question about what was going on and blah, blah, blah. And then like, are you a cop? You have to tell me if you're a cop. And then that became a rolling running yeah. gag in the game. It's where a, Caleb took that and ran with it. Like it's a it's a very um improv type game. Yeah. It is no imp- dice. Yeah, no dice. That's it. Yeah, those cards are they like that's those cards are your dice. Yeah. Um and it's it requires interaction, it requires cooperation with the group. Yeah. So uh, the premise of the game, uh, we said a Night Vale, but I used elements that weren't was, really established in there. It was the Night Vale Community College. Yeah, I, but the uh, the traditional games club uh, board game night. And so, like, they had uh, – I had just gotten for uh, um, this book on old board games that are all, like, 19th century board games. that are, And they're all creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. And so I ran, like, oh, you're going to play this one, this 19th century board game, but you're missing some pieces. Go to the geology building to go and Look fetch the, Yeah. Fetch the missing pieces. And if you play this board game, the world will end. Anyways, go and get them or something like that. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's an unspeakable presence. Of course. Uh, that ate the last slice of pizza. And uh, you, don't, you don't talk about that. You don't speak about the unspeakable presence. Um, and see what. Ha- yeah. So it was you, 
Uh, and your character was basically, or t- t- I was, uh, it was Jerry Horowitz. I remember his name. Yeah. Essentially he was, uh, like, like he was, he's in, he was in the culinary program and was also a good friend of the unseen lake out behind his house and was kind of a deep one hybrid type. <laughs> right. Uh, Caleb was a dog catcher who, uh, be able to catch all those plastic bags that totally weren't feral and dogs. It, and it traumatized him yeah and let's see what was aaron um i forget what aaron oh he was um he was he was from the last reading jamboree oh yeah he was a survivor of the reading jamboree and david um what's david's character i can't remember uh it it got very chaotic very quickly so it's hard to track i I, I liked about this one is everyone improv beautifully yeah uh, we had a lot of interesting scenes where they go into the geology department. They had to deal with plastic bags. Um, it was, Oh, the other thing, uh, the real anecdote though is like to start off the game. I recorded a bit, uh, another radio show for night Vale, uh, a radio call and advice show. And so Thad and I worked on that and Thad played the guy who, uh, was the announcer and I played the guy and I altered my voice a little to play, someone who was calling in asking for advice and that I, Thad channeled um, Sam Elliott's character from the big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. So kind of a cowboy at giving advice. And so that's going to be available as a separate, like sort of 10, like six minute, like little, sec- Ex- little bonus, little bonus that'll be available. I'll, I'll cut it into the main game because I actually played it at the beginning of the game. So everybody could listen and hear it. And then I played a little bit of the ending at the end of the game to sort of in cap it. And, uh yeah no it was really fun I really recommend Interest Beat by like vending machine with honey cola honey cola which is flammable apparently the diet honey cola yeah <laughs> apparently uh, apparently apparently like you know ultra flammable very yeah and it's yeah I I had a lot of fun with it but the game itself was kind of short because it was like an hour and a half because I don't because it was so chaotic and like how but it was beautiful chaos yeah beautiful chaos so that's something that will be coming out very soon in fact. Um, I'll try and get it out by the time this comes out <laughs> or something. <laughs> like yeah. Next year, uh, next year. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Um, and then we got the yeah, Cal- Cal- Cthulhu was just great because your cats were where you were cats fighting the Cthulhu mythos, and I oh the dragon, no the dragon. Yeah, I had advice animals in it. Uh, well, I don't want to spoil. Um, You'll listen to Insanity it. Wolf was a bad guy. Uh, so Insanity Husky. So yes, uh, that's that's something to look forward to. And then the 2014 it comes. Uh. Well, and this so. is uh, Role Playing Public Radio for the last episode of 2013. Ooh, this is Ross Page. This is Tom Church. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.